Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to Spirits Podcast, episode 63, Food God. It's a roundup, y'all. Oh, man, it's been a while since we've done a roundup. I know. They are really nice. I never know what's coming at me next. If you're going to do a story that's super short, if you're going to do one that's super long. But uh, I had a lot of fun recording this one. I did too. And I think it was a really good follow-up since we spent an entire week talking about spaghetti. <laughs> we did. We did. Uh, sorry to freak people out. It, it was very fun to watch everyone's reactions like, oh my God, it's Monday. Oh my God, it's six minutes long. Ah! And uh, oh man, it was a lot of work and it was so much fun. It was, oh, it was totally so worth it. I think it was probably our best anniversary yet, which in comparison, there's only been two, but I think we totally raised the bar this time. We've got to raise the game every time. And we absolutely wanted to thank um, Eric Silver of Join the Party podcast and a two-time guest on Spirits for writing all of those scripts. Uh, he wrote our voices so well that it was super easy to act and it was really fun. It didn't even feel like acting. That's how well he got our voices down. <laughs> I know. And like Julie and I actually got a little bit teary-eyed in, in episode five where we were, you know, doing our, our little You Make Me Better speech. Uh, and it was like, oh my God, I, I could have just said this myself, but instead it, it was on a page to begin with. It was great. If you haven't listened to that episode or those episodes, uh, get on it because we had so much fun doing it. And thank you to everybody who sent us their Spaghetti Warehouse recordings. I love that this is our brand now. And uh, I do, though, actually want to go go to that Akron Spaghetti Warehouse. You know how we could do that, Amanda? How? If we get 50 more patrons on Patreon. It is very close. It is very doable. When we get to our next patron milestone, we are going to actually go to Ohio. We promise. And we're going to like live tweet it the entire time. We're going to take video. We're going to record an episode from Spaghetti Warehouse, hopefully from the trolley. And it is a genuine goal of ours. I really want to do it. We want to thank those who have joined us since uh, we've set that goal. Um, Amanda, do you want to list our new patrons? I sure do. Welcome to Kyle, James, Nick, Clow, Tom, Therese, Lauren, Craig, and Buggy. Yeah, the, you guys are awesome. You are the spaghetti ghosts of our hearts, I guess. <laughs> Absolutely. The the marinara marys of our bathroom mirrors. Um, <laughs> and as always, thank you for your support to our supporting producer level patrons. Neil, Philip, Julie, Sarah, Christina, Josh, Eeyore, Sandra, Cammie, Lindsay, Ryan, Shelby, Lynn, Mercedes, Phil, Catherine, and Deborah. You are almost never cursed by said spaghetti ghosts. <laughs> and as always to our legend level patrons who are absolutely not cursed at all leanne ashley cassie ashley marie and bridge welcome bridge yay jules what were we drinking during the recording of this food ghost episode food whoa oh my god the curse the food gods episode <laughs> food ghost episode no <laughs> that was last uh, week. we were having a really nice breakfast stout which you picked out because you are the queen of all stouts and porters i am i love a breakfast stout it's like breakfast and beer at the same time and like what yes thank you, you. beautiful so we i don't know we was so much fun last week we are so grateful that we get to do this weekly that we get to do this for you and that we are rapidly approaching 75 and then 100 episodes like it's crazy to me that we're kind of barreling down that path it's so cool uh, it is it is really really cool but in the meantime thank you again and we hope that you enjoy spirits podcast episode 63 food gods 
Amanda, I'm hungry. Julia, we literally just spent two weeks making an audio drama about spaghetti. Yeah, I know. I'm still really hungry. <laughs> I, was also, I really want spaghetti. I was a little bit hungry the whole time, not going to lie. <laughs> it was so good. But yeah, so I was thinking about how important food is today. Uh, food is always important. Mm-hmm. When you get hangry, we need to stop. Yes. And fix that. Yes. And food is important to you. The food is important to me. I get very <laughs> hangry a lot of the time. Yep. I also have very strong opinions on discount, uh, like, chain Italian restaurants. You do. You do. Which anyone who follows me on Twitter would know about. I was thinking today I was making myself breakfast, which was tomato soup with some mustard greens in You're there. You're weird. And some, uh, some sourdough bread. You're so weird. It was delicious. I was thinking about, there's going to be a lot of food gods in the world. And Amanda, there are a lot of food gods in the world. <laughs> so this is a food god roundup. Yay! I know. Gods. We haven't done a roundup in a while. No, it's, it's been, been a minute. minute. It's been a minute. Yeah. So uh, we're going to start and we're going to cover a bunch of stuff all over the place, which is oh my, my favorite kind. I'm so ready. But first things first, we're going to go to Japan. <gasps> Yay! They have really good food. I bet they have really good food gods. Um, we'll see about that. <laughs> oh no! Um, the first story that we're going to talk about is the story of Ukimochi, uh, who is the Japanese goddess of food in Shinto mythology. All right. Um, her name means the goddess who possesses food, and she is associated with the god Toyoki, uh, who is the god of food, clothing, and housing. So stories say that she is the wife of Inari, who is the god of rice, tea, sake, agriculture, and industry. Uh, what more do you need? I know. Those are all the things that I just need in my entire life. I those know. are my day-to-day things. <laughs> in your rider. Including really sake. There's just always sake in my house. I know. Can we can we go to like a good sake bar and like just yes. do like a tasting? Yes. I would love that. I, let's do it this weekend. Julie <laughs> just we looked at me like, why the it? fuck haven't we done this already? <laughs> <laughs> why haven't we done this already? <laughs> my birthday's coming up. Let, let's do it then. Okay, cool, All cool, right. cool. Um, so her main story is uh, the one of her experience with uh, Sukiyomi, who is the moon god. Okay. Uh, so Sukiyomi was sent to Earth by his sister Amaratsu, who is the sun goddess. Um, and she sends him down to visit Ukimochi. The food goddess, who actually wasn't a particularly skilled cook, did the best she could. I mean, if she is the goddess of, like, agriculture and food as it is grown, I guess why she would be like, listen, my part's over. Like, y'all figure out how to cook it. Well, at this point, she didn't have a dominion yet. Oh. This is how she Oh, gets so pre-god. Oh. Yeah. Not, not pre-god, because she is a goddess at this point. Pre-specialization. Yeah, exactly. Nice. This is before they sorted her into her Hogwarts house. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of ER on Hulu because their marketing <laughs> campaigns course. are effective. And uh, I was like, oh, like, pre, pre you know, uh, surgical residence residency Mm -hmm. like choosing that thing yes exactly um so when sukiyomi arrives she welcomed him by facing a rice patty and disgorging from her mouth boiled rice huh uh then turned to the sea and spewed out all kinds of fish and then finally turned to the forest and began disgorging delicious game wow really just a a meat cute for the ages huh (laughs) so she tried to present these foods to sukiyomi as a banquet but the moon god was insulted because she was essentially offering him her vomit. Yeah. Also, disgorging is a is an elegant word, and I yeah. applaud you for your word choice. Um, and so he draws his sword and kills her for this slight. Oh. Quote, unquote, slight. That's disproportionate. He returns to heaven and tells Amaratsu that he has killed her. And Amaratsu becomes so angry that she says she will never look at him again, which is the reason that it's said that the sun and moon are never seen together yikes so that's not where ukimochi's story ends oh good 
Uh, Amaratsu sends down a messenger to honor the body, but the messenger finds that Ukimochi's body has been transformed. <gasps> from her head come the ox and the horse. From her eyebrows, silkworms are born. From her eyes, uh, they turn into cereals. Um, her belly is transformed into rice, and her genitals form into wheat and beans. Wow, that is a really genuinely beautiful image of like someone's body dispersing so that yeah. you know human beings can have the staple foods that we need yeah uh so amaratsu takes these gifts that ukimochi left behind and gives them to humanity to use and to cultivate wow it's really really cute and sweet and i like it a lot i also like that silkworms are included in there because silk is like a, a material and a mm -hmm. substance that is you know as important if not more than wheat and cereals hell yeah i agree uh, so that is Ukimochi. I Aww. think it's very cute and a little bit gross and my favorite kind of things. Yep. That sounds exactly like the kind of story that you would be like, oh, man, guess what? Man, guess what? <laughs> she, she just puked up rice. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're going to move to India next uh, with the story of Annapurna. Ooh. Um, so Annapurna is an avatar or form of Parvati. Yes. Um, which I wrote down so that no one yelled us about the I know. pronunciation. We, listen, we read Harry Potter as children and formed our pronunciations then, yeah. people. So we are learning. Sorry. We're doing our best. So it's Parvati. Parvati. Um, so Annapurna's name means filled with food, and she is known as the goddess of food and nourishment. Ooh. You'll see that a lot. That's a common, uh, common thread throughout all these gods and goddesses. Yeah. So like strength, fullness, you know, really nourishing your body, all synonymous with food. So uh, Parvati is told by her husband, Shiva, that the world is an illusion and that food is part of that illusion. Um. Uh, Parvati, who is worshipped as the manifestation of all material things, becomes angry with her husband's assertion. Yep. Yeah, because like... That'll do. Come on, dude. You're just saying like... It's like being like to someone who's a writer be like writing's not a real job what's your real job yeah right or like oh that's cute that you do art like excuse me i've sold like multiple paintings please <laughs> yeah. go away mm, fuck you um so like a true champ parvati basically it's a wonderful life's out of here to yes. show the importance of all things material and disappears from the world as you would expect everything goes to shit uh, time comes to a standstill. The earth is barren. Uh, there is no food to be found anywhere. And all beings suffer the pangs of hunger, including the gods. Well, gods, I wonder how that feels now. But Parvati is a compassionate goddess. Seeing the suffering, she felt for all of existence and reappeared on earth, setting up a kitchen in the city of Kashi, which is adorable. I like that the first thing she does when she comes back is like, well, I'm going to open up a kitchen now. I know. Like, you guys know how bad it was without me so here you're welcome i'm sorry yeah. enjoy so shiva hears of her return and runs to her presenting his bowl in alms and saying now i realize that the material world like the spirit cannot be dismissed as an illusion huh which is nice so parvati smiles and she feeds shiva with her own hands and parvati is then worshipped as annapurna the goddess of nourishment. So in most of her temples and in art, she's portrayed as a young, youthful goddess with a red complexion, a face like a round moon, three eyes, high breasts, and four hands. Sounds adorable. She's usually shown holding a vessel full of porridge in her left hand, and the right is holding a golden ladle adorned with various kinds of jewels. Huh. Yeah, so like really cute story about don't, you know... Food is very good and useful to humanity, and we all need it. I know. And I think it's also probably a, a useful sort of allegory for, like, you can't transcend the physical world 
until your physical needs are met. You know, it's like yeah. classical kind of Maslow's hierarchy of I was needs. Just say that exactly. Yeah, like you can't you know dedicate yourself to to study and learning and um, you know transcendence until you're able to you know meet your physical desires. And either that can be by you know making sure that you're fed and clothed and warm and all that stuff. Or I know like lots of kind of meditation practices you know sort of try to like separate the the mind from the body's needs Mm -hmm. and so like either way either you have to you know separate yourselves from them or you have to meet them and like until that stuff is done you know the physical anchors us and you can't transcend it without dealing with it somehow that's totally true oh man you just you just summed up that uh that eastern philosophy or like at least a key component of eastern philosophy pretty well I know it's a lot more nuanced than I probably understand, yes. but um, that's what came to mind for me. Yeah, no, but you you hit the nail on the head without much study of it, so <laughs> I appreciate that. Thanks, babe. <laughs> We're going to move over to the Aztecs next. Yay! Uh, apologies in advance, because I'm probably going to mispronounce a lot of these things, but I'm going to do my best. This is the story of Chicomecotal. So her name means seven snakes. And she was the Aztec goddess of agriculture during the middle culture period and was known as the goddess of nourishment as well. See, coming back to that nourishment. It's almost like food nourishes the body. Yeah. So she was the female aspect of corn and was known as the goddess of plenty. So maize and corn was a main staple for the Mesoamerican diet uh, and thus formed a important facet of native religious beliefs in the region. Yeah. Uh, So Chicamecotl was represented in different forms to portray different moments of corn's growth cycle. Uh, And a couple of the translations are just a little bit off, which happens a lot in Aztec and Mayan and just like general Mesoamerican stuff. Sometimes it's Chicamecotl, sometimes it's Chinotel, which means deified corn. Uh, and hmm. was a youthful god, or Shilonin, which is fresh or tender corn, who is a virginal goddess. So Chigamekotl was in particular supposed to represent the mature and ripened corn. I love that. You know, we we see a lot of like different kind of, I don't know, different things being embodied by different gods. But mm-hmm. the fact is, especially for something that's so versatile and so important, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense to me that corn, a thing that you look at every single day will be a metaphor for different kind of aspects of humanity or of being. Yeah, hell yeah. And it's very similar to some Western understandings of like, hey, this, like life is cyclical mm-hmm. and our crops are cyclical. So having different representations of the same deity makes sense yeah we see it with demeter we see it with uh the morrigan we see it with all kinds of different things yeah and the tradition in which we grew up you know catholicism christianity hell yeah (laughs) places a you know a great importance on bread like bread is symbolically significant we conjure bread into you know the the, like flesh of our god every single body of life right that transits that transubstantiation-ish. That like, transubstantiation, no. <laughs> I know. But like, I mean, point being, you know, nourishment is really important and gods that can provide nourishment are, you know, like that is a sign of a, of a, a really powerful thing. So, you know, it's not like this is completely different to something that we grew up understanding. Hell yeah. Um, just finishing up with her, uh, she's traditionally shown with a pair of corn cobs in each hand, nice. which is just adorable. I kind of love that. Like she's going to a, uh, like a barbecue or something. She's <laughs> like, like don't worry. Barbecue. Brought it. Yeah. I was just going to say in my head, I was about to ask, like, I wonder if she just kind of brings the same thing every time. Then I was like, no, that's like the most significant and versatile. Like, no, she'll do like cornbread and corn pudding exactly. and corn on the cob and 
kinds like, of stuff. Those like cool spiced street corns and yeah, stuff like that. All kinds of corn salads. Mm-hmm. You can yeah. make freaking delicious chicha and different beverages out of corn. Like you're making me so hungry, <laughs> baby. You should have so dealt with that hungry. before we recorded. I did. I hungry ate, again. I ate so many samosas. Aww. She also wears a towering headdress that is supposed to represent the shape of a ripe corn cob. It in documents her face and her body are also painted red, which I find interesting. Nice. I'm all, I'm all about it. Moving on, uh, we've talked a lot about Demeter slash Cirrus before in yes. the past. I just wanted to kind of touch on a few things that we just haven't talked about before. So Demeter's gift to humanity was agriculture, particularly the cereals. Um, she is blonde-haired, like the heads of wheat ready to be reaped, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Like, this is a very specific imagery, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so she is known as the one who separates the chaff from the grain for humans. Wow. Um, That's she, real. Yeah, I know. It's like a really cool image. Yeah. The Greeks knew how to do imagery. I will give them that. There was a lot of like incest and stuff, but they did know how to do imagery. She was invoked to help the crops grow full and strong. And her emblem is the poppy, which I think is really interesting because huh. you're th- assuming that it's wheat. But um poppies are this like bright red flower that are traditionally grown among barley it's like you know how um like indigenous people uh especially in the northeast would grow um like uh squash and stuff with the uh with the corn so that like they helped each other grow yes and then europeans were like we've discovered the greatest agricultural <laughs> thing of all time what if this is ours with now. your greens you also grow clover and we were like people come on wait we know, yeah, we know. already <laughs> i know what you we mean got it already yes um but yeah so that was her representation of which That's i think amazing. i just yeah. think it's really cool because it's symbolic of the thing it doesn't yeah. have to be like a literal representation of the thing it can be you know a symbol associated with it which i really dig i'm all about it yeah and it's prettier yeah uh, so then we're going to move on to a Canaan and Phoenician goddess hmm. known as Nikal. And she was associated with orchards. Uh, her name meant the great lady and fruitful or just the goddess of fruit, huh. which is kind of cute. Yeah. Um, her name was later translated from the word to blossom, which I think is really pretty. She was said to be the daughter of... Kirk Kibi, who is called the Summer's King, which is a great title. I'm all about it. And she was married to the moon god, Yorik, uh, who gave her a necklace of lapis lazuli as a wedding gift. I don't know why I included that. It just seems really cute. (laughs) (laughs) And moon, like moonstones are beautiful. Yeah. Well, lapis lazuli isn't a moonstone. There's a difference. Sorry, hot take. (laughs) Sorry, a little salty there. My bad, friend. Yikes. Shake that one off. I didn't mean to... I'm so sorry. You're wonderful. So she was said to be married in late summer when the fruit trees were being harvested. Uh, She is often depicted before a date tree and other culturally important fruit trees of the area uh, would would have been Nikal's orchards. So they would be dedicated to her. So it would be olives, figs, apples, as well as nut trees like pistachio, walnut, and almond. That's that good stuff, That's man. That, I would eat all of those things together. I know. I would also commission a portrait of myself in front of those trees. Like, those are some good, beautiful trees. I would definitely, like, do a portrait of myself in front of some cool olive trees. I know. I know, right? It's yeah. like, it's like, I mean, flowers are beautiful, whatever, but fruit trees. 
Flowers are beautiful. Fuck them. But no, fruit trees. No. People enjoy flowers. I enjoy flowers. Fuck. I have flowers in my body. Eat flowers though. I know, right? And like, you don't have to rear I mean, flowers you can, but over not decades. Sustain you. I know. I know. Fruit. I mean, fruit trees are my like greatest dream. If we're gonna get real here for a second, Go. is for someone it. to like look at me on the sidewalk and be like, "You, you deserve it," and then bequeath to me a like multiple acre estate in upstate new york uh-huh. with like a well-established fruit orchard Aww. that's the most important part of this i understand i know can this, be can, our, can this be our joint farm where i raise goats and you just do like yes apple orcharding yes cool i'm yes. into it i'm gonna trellis them i know so pretty i know I love speaking it. of trellises uh the cloisters the museum yes, in, uh, here favorite. in new york city is one of my favorite places really in the whole world and uh, i have got to go this coming spring and summer because they have like an outdoor section like a balcony patio garden thing where they grow medieval it's like a medieval museum so they grow like medieval witchy plants and herbs <gasps> and like po- they have a poison garden oh my god it's so beautiful oh, can we go yes uh and they also have a like elaborately trellised fruit trees and vines that are so pretty i am already down oh, they're so beautiful um i think since we've derailed a little bit why don't we uh stop and get a refill yeah i i want to get that that gorgeous uh byproduct of grapes Mm-mm, wine that wine <laughs> We are brought to you this week by Tab for a Cause. It is a browser extension, a little, a little friend that you install in your browser on your laptop or your desktop computer, where every time you open up a new tab in your browser, it shows a beautiful photo and the time and the weather and a little ad. And that ad, what is it do, Jules? It raises money to donate to some wonderful charities and some great causes. Yes, it is. It is for a cause. Your tab is now for a cause instead of just taking up white, bright pixels on your on your uh, on your laptop there. Yeah, I actually so I downloaded it, obviously. Nice. Because they're wonderful. Did you go to tabforacause.com slash spirits? Um, yes, I did. Of course. OK, good. <laughs> no, I just signed up with another URL. I don't know. Because I'm the worst. I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, but I was um, going to research something and I opened up my tab and it was just this really beautiful picture of a sunset. And I stopped whatever I was typing and just looked at it. I'm like, wow, this is really nice. <laughs> and then I saw like they were almost at half a million dollars for the day or something like that. I was like, dang. Yeah, I know. Go tab for a cause. It's amazing. It's one of those ideas where you're like, of course, this should be a thing. Like, why has anyone thought of this yet? Yeah. And, um, and it's really great. And also the Tab for a Cause folks are going to be keeping track of the money that Team Spirits raises for charity. So they're going to check in with us every so often, let us know how much we've raised and like actual money for actual charity. They track every user um, and the money that they raise over time. So if you want to join up and with your empty tab space, uh, real estate that you're not using, get a little bit calmer and more centered and, and you know, enjoy that beautiful photo and raise money for charity. You can go to tabforacause.com slash spirits. Also, don't you want to be on a team with us? I know. We we're, can make jerseys. We're a cool team. I know. I wish I joined the Quidditch team in, in college, man. It's too much commitment, <laughs> too much so travel. Funny. I need photos of that immediately. I know. I wish. Oh, man. Wish. That alternate universe where you actually join the Quidditch team. I need photos of that. They would practice near my shift in the library. So you look down upon them. And I, like, like the true Ravenclaw, <laughs> you probably would have been at Hogwarts being like, Maybe someday I'll fly. I know. Occasionally I would go outside to study gasp and <gasps> just be sitting there next to the Quidditch practice wishing that I were cool enough to wear knee socks. Uh, what uh, what position would you play? Not not even for like college Quidditch, just like Hogwarts General Quidditch. General Quidditch? Yeah. I feel like it would have to be keeper because um, I'm not quite butch enough for chaser. <laughs> 
Okay. Interesting. And keeper seems more because he if it's like a broom based sport. I'm sorry to have for a cause. If it's a broom based <laughs> sport and you don't have to like run and shit, I normally just choose goalie because I don't have to run as far. But I don't know. Maybe it'll be maybe it'll be chaser. Um, I would 100% be a beater. Yeah, I would love being a beater. If you, you do just say beater, me, you're like like you just saw me for the first time, and you're like, yeah, hey, you would. <laughs> if you hadn't said beater, I was going to be like Julia. We need to have some, some questions and conversations about your self image. <laughs> But that's great. That's like that's like when fucking Eric Silver. I was like, I'm a ranger. He was like, You're a barbarian who thinks you're a ranger. And then I cried a little bit, but then I was yeah. like, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I know. Sometimes fantasy universes just see into our soul. Anyway, tab for a cause. Tab for a cause. Thank you for sponsoring us. Folks, join Team Spirits. Tell us, please, in the tweets as you install Tab for a Cause and wait the like half second for it to download. Tell us what position you'd play on, on a Quidditch team. Yeah, and uh, go to tabforacause.com slash spirits. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Let's go have a fucking banquet at Rome because these are the god the goddesses that we would hit up, and their names are Bibesia and Adesia. That sounds like we won't confuse them at all. <laughs> no, not at all. Well, okay, so they're dual goddesses. Bibesia is the Roman goddess of drink and beverages. Like imbibe is the word that we get from her. <gasps> wow! Yeah, <gasps> you got me back with linguistics. <laughs> <laughs> you just have you seen gravity falls yes i've seen parts. you just looked exactly like that little cutie pie oh thank you little boy yeah yeah the, yeah. the one that runs like an the evil, evil little boy yeah gotcha. you just did a little like shimmy shake like ooh, 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 little, little me and then there's adesia who's the goddess of food huh uh together they preside over feasts makes sense kind of cool Go so hand they're hand. specifically considered newman which are a personified divine spirit bibesia was in charge of making sure that both the wine was of good quality and that it flowed freely so that everyone may have their share those are all very important very things that you important should pray things. for thank you bibesia uh, adesia was honored in order to give attention to food preparation and feasting hmm. uh, and was considered the patron of gourmet food <laughs> <laughs> that is the, that's my French chef laugh. We are just going all over the map here, and I am here to witness it. Uh, libations were offered to both Bibesia and Adesia at banquets and feasts, and were specifically associated with the luxury of city life, where food was bought and prepared instead of being like grown yes. and prepared. That makes sense. Yeah. So that they're a little interesting. I like them a lot. I uh, like I like my party goddesses. That made me think of um, the angels share this idea when you're doing like whiskey distilling or any, I think of probably other spirit distilling um, that like evaporation is a thing. Mm -hmm. And so over time, if you start to age like a full casket of whiskey, you know, up to like casket, barrel, whatever, doesn't cask. matter. Cask, not casket. Not, if you... not casket, it's not dead. I mean, some stuff is dead, including the tree that's being aged in. But in any case, like whiskey will evaporate over time. And so if it's, you know, like 70 percent of the of the cask is full by the end of the aging process the other 30 percent is the angel's share that's adorable yeah i like that a lot yep and then there's like the devil's cut which is like in the wood right no no that's 100 percent a thing because i saw a commercial where um, Mila kunas tells me about it 
Julia. <laughs> this is dream or reality, babe. No, it's not. <laughs> Hold on one second. I think we've been uh, no, there is imbibing one, too much. There's 100% Amila Kuna's devil's cut. Like it, It's like a Jack Daniels thing, I think, or something. Some sort of maker or maker's market. Might be maker's market. Uh, Julia, that is a brand of Jim Beam. Okay. Yep. That's it. Not real. No, just it Jim is. Beam. Right, it's it's not a real, it's not a real like thing in the world. It's just a brand name. It of is a thing whiskey. in the world because I saw a commercial about it's it. It's not a cultural tradition. Okay. Whatevs. They talk about the angel huh. share though in that. They're like, yeah, there's the angel share. Then there's a devil's cut. That sounds like the, the newest entree at Outback Steakhouse. It's obviously <laughs> not a historical thing. Okay. Let's come up just with like, that. Julie, just like, Julie, just in case you were wondering, like Taco Bell fourth meal is not a real cultural <laughs> tradition also. It's just a Taco Bell marketing game. Yeah, but second breakfast is a fucking Tolkien thing, so fuck you. Uh, um, also, can we come up with what the Outback steak, Steakhouse Devil's Cut meal would be? I'm picturing it as a steak and then a like slice of lobster tail and okay. then another steak. Okay, I was going more kangaroo turducken inspiration. So they we'd don't serve have kangaroo at no, the Outback, but they would serve a full lobster with a steak stuffed in it. They would. I'm I'm partial to both of those choices. Over like a bed of risotto? That sounds Ew. pretty gross. Risotto. Sounds gross. pretty gross. I'd have it over like mashed potatoes probably. I know. I want it to be richer, babe. But like truffle mashed but potatoes. But their garlic mashed potatoes are the bomb there. I hear. I can't I can't have, uh, I can't have garlic. Yeah, that is yeah. the devil's cut for me. It is the devil's cut. Cuts right through the body. <laughs> no good. Oh, boy. Okay. Now that we talked about my IBS... Uh, now that we've talked about your IBS, we're going to talk about chocolate. Hey, hey. I can eat that. Uh, ish cacao. That sounds familiar. Like uh, cacao, the substance that I eat. Yo. Yes. Uh, so this is the Mayan goddess's name. And as it ch- suggests, she is the goddess of chocolate. Uh, so she is also a fertility goddess and an earth goddess in a society where gathering crops and seeing to it that everyone is fed was women's work and was the most important aspect. Obviously. I mean, really, really cool. So she was known for banishing hunger and providing safety and security for people. And that was her divine responsibility. Huh. Which I like quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so she was much loved by the common people and she was a compassionate goddess of abundance. She would walk among the people, understood their suffering and their fear of starvation, and graciously give them the knowledge and tools they needed to not only survive, but craft a life of abundance for themselves. That is really beautiful. Most importantly, she gave them the delicious gift of chocolate, which was said to give them energy to keep them working in the fields. Yum. Which I'm adorable. I love it. Uh, But things change. Uh Uh-oh. Things change when the goddess is forced to marry Ek Chuha who is the god of commerce. Basically, capitalism ruins everything in this story. Sounds like the natural state of order and abundance and sharing is messed up by commerce. So her beans were no longer a gift, but rather were turned into a form of currency. Oh, no. The people could no longer enjoy chocolate because it was forbidden and declared a food of the gods and was only allowed to be eaten by rulers and warriors. Oh, boy. She became important in the yearly sacrifice in order to appease the sun god. And she was said to walk with the boy who was being sacrificed in order to give them comfort and give them a comforting glass of cocoa. Oof. I mean, on the one hand, I understand that the like, you know, reified and really exclusive thing would be given to 
someone about to be sacrificed because yeah. like they were you know being seen as like giving up their life for a higher purpose and like ascending to you know being really important and like deserving of that right so traditionally um the sacrifice was chosen a year in advance yes uh and was treated like a god for that year right. so was allowed to eat the cocoa as was... they meet their yes. fate and join the gods exactly et but it's still it's still pretty messed up that yep. a thing that gained popularity and significance and um you know helped out the population by being a food of the people is like rewarded and elevated by becoming so exclusive and untouchable like you should reward and elevate a thing by making it more widely available yeah, i agree Oof. <sighs> it's like the reverse of what it should have been it's like a parable that human beings should have learned from <laughs> sounds about right yeah so we're going to ireland amanda Woo! Woo! ireland so we're starting with the data which is i we looked it up we did. Yes, that's how you pronounce it. So the data was a father god from Irish mythology associated with fertility, agriculture, strength, appetite, and I shit you not, this was included, manliness. Okay, okay. I mean, we get it. We get it, Ireland. Yeah. Uh, he also, was... not a culture with a fraught relationship with food at all. No, yeah. why would you ask? What? No. Uh, so he was supposed to be a intimidating person, a figure of immense power. Uh, he had numerous amounts of magical items that were supposed to make him said intimidating person uh but for our purposes today we're going to talk about what translates to the undry cauldron so the undry cauldron was said to be bottomless and from which no man could be left unsatisfied oh a little sexy oh <laughs> i wasn't going there but now we're there all right here we are together um now this is kind of out of place amongst his other treasures, uh, them being a sword of light, a spear, a flail. <laughs> but we have to keep in mind that the people of Ireland venerated fertility. That yeah. was their their jam. I mean, my dad has 10 brothers and sisters. Right. So. Uh, both in themselves and animals and fertility of the land. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So fertile livestock and fertile land meant plenty of crops and food to sustain the people. Yeah. A culture, you know, that so often has dealt with starvation and blights and Yep. And uh, kind of widespread, you know, malnutrition, uh, fertility is a big thing. The source that I was reading um, makes a lot of references to the fact that a cauldron or a cup is a distinctly feminine thing, which is supposed to represent the womb. Yeah, it's it's like, you know, it's the opposite of phallic. It, it's like a thing into yeah. which stuff is poured and from which stuff comes. Right. And it was said that while this sort of item couldn't be could only be created by a woman, it required a masculine identity, like think the Holy Grail, to protect it. I, yeah, I, I can see that or a sort of, I mean, there's lots of ways in which providing is a, you know, like a thing charged to men, you know, like in this day and age, thinking about being a father or a husband or a head of a household, you know, you want to provide and make sure there's enough resources. And I can see how that would be sort of conflated or at least, you know, crossed over with food and fertility over time. Right. Uh, so data in this situation is the guardian of this cauldron. Hmm. Which is interesting. I like that. So this is this is the dude you invite over for the potluck because yeah. it literally never ends. That's awesome. It's such a good choice. So the cauldron was actually said to be so potent that it overflowed with abundant food, could heal any wound, and was also said to restore life to the dead. Oh, wow. Just all of those. Yeah. Just all. Just doing all the things. It's like they took the Holy Grail myth and they're like, it also produces food, though. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, fuck it. Food, too. Lots yeah, of fish. I don't, I'm just picturing somebody who, like, is, is a host. You go over to their house and they're like, I have too much banana bread. Take some. You just know, take and, all and the and banana like, bread. You have to help me. Like, the culture's like, I took I one piece and it just keeps going. 
I am sick of bananas now. I stress bake these brownies. Please take some. <laughs> I had a roommate who would not stress bake. She would horny bake. <gasps> what? You could always tell when she was about to get her period because she would just like bake up like some apple crumble and some brownies and some pie and shit like that. And you'd just be like, oh, well, you know, what's her faces? Getting close to that time of the month. I mean, it's not it's not the worst thing. No, it and, could be worse. Right. And like, I mean, I don't know. Waitress, you know, there's there's a, a conflation of baking and desire. Yeah. All right. I get All it. Right, I get you. Amanda Amanda doesn't mean the occupation of waitress. She means the musical or movie. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. Or she like like pours her love and desire and lust into the pies that she's making. Yes. And disappointment and shit like that. All the, all All the, the emotions. emotions. All of them. All of them. Uh, we're going to finish off with Dewey Shree. Where is that myth from? Uh, that is a Javanese, Sudanese, and Balinese goddess that predates Hinduism and Islam, much like our mermaid queen. Yeah. Which was one of my favorite stories. Someone complimented it the her. other day. I'm just like, I really like that story too. She's so sweet. I, I love know. her so more, much. More mermaid queen fan art, please. Always, always mermaid queen fan art. Uh, so she is the goddess of rice and fertility. And because of this, she is considered a mother goddess, obviously. Yeah. Um, she has dominion over birth and life because she controls rice, which is the staple food of the Indonesian people, uh, which in turn makes her the goddess of life, wealth, and prosperity, as rice surplus leads to all these things. Of course. Makes sense, right? But at the same time, she's associated with the inverse, poverty, famine, hunger, disease, and death, because lack of her food can destroy humanity. Oh, so a sort of like double-sided goddess yeah, here which that I duality love. baby you know we love things that are both we do love things thing. that are both um, more things that are both fan art please more things that are both fan art yes please um so the animal associated with her is the rice patty snake which i didn't know was a species <gasps> but it's adorable oh my gosh let's google it right now google it right now <gasps> what a precious danger noodle <laughs> it's a good good danger what a noodle. what a good good rope nope nope rope <laughs> a rope nope it's called a nope rope a nope rope oh. i know that that's like an internet an that's internet love internet meme. One. i've heard danger noodle before but i heard nope heard rope nope rope that's, that's my great. favorite my brother's roommate has a snake and her name is dumpling, dumpling my favorite and i am the proudest auntie oh, to this snake it's a very good snake oh, she's so good she she got the little like nose holes and stuff she's so I, know, cute. I know i know i know i want to go meet her oh, oh so cute and you can actually pet that because it's not furry it doesn't have anything that makes it lovable and therefore i can <laughs> hug it <laughs> Okay, um, so uh, she is depicted as a youthful, beautiful, and curvy woman, the height of femininity and fertility, because why not? She's all those things. Um, she's usually seen holding a rice plant with full rice grains in one hand and adorned in regal jewelry. Mm, that's a good look. It is a good look. If a girl came up to me and was like, here are some ripe rice grains, furthermore i'm wearing an emerald pendant also check out this emerald i would be like yes hello please. tell me more about your life do you know much about snakes <laughs> not that i haven't do you have a snake at home this wasn't a phallic reference i regret all my choices do you want to go out that's basically how i end up seducing all, all the all, all the out. folks that, that doesn't surprise yeah. me at all yeah that's cool yep good job uh so i'm super hungry now <laughs> really really hungry now yeah one um, of the uh, one of the benefits to living in astoria queens here in new york city is that it is a historically greek neighborhood mm -hmm. and so there is just like on my corner a, a person selling just the skewers of delicious meat mm -hmm. and single pieces of french bread on a styrofoam tray 
and good. it is so and you can ask him good. for extra lemon and he'll just squeeze a bunch of lemon juice on top of it as I it's know. grilling and he's I just, know. he's the best person anyway i have a feeling that jelly's gonna drag me out to have that in about five minutes uh either that or chinese takeout because i could really go for some fried rice <laughs> anyway listeners right. what are you gonna eat right now um email us what you're gonna eat right now after listening to this episode but listen i mean f- food is food is humanity right food is civilization food yeah. is is the ability to like stop pursuing our basic caloric needs and like sit up and talk to each other and the universe and to seek meaning and to look up at the sky and wonder what's there yeah. like to have a sense of permanence and to develop tradition like food is from where all of us and all of our stories originate yeah and so many of these gods and goddesses were considered like the mothers or fathers of their cultures yeah because they represented the food that was the staple that which all of the civilization was created out of and that's super important and i think it's actually a great opportunity to say that if you like stories we have food to thank and there are ways to make sure that everybody can participate in the kind of myth making and living and making mistakes and falling in love and like doing all the things that we can do once our basic needs are met. Um, and so we would love to recommend two charities today. Yep. One of them is called Feeding America, feedingamerica.com, which kind of co- connects you to local food banks and allows you to make either financial or physical donations to places in your area if you're in the U.S. Um, and then there's also whyhunger.org. Why Hunger is, again, a, a kind of charity assessing like acute food needs around the world um in particular whyhunger.org slash puerto rico is um enabling a boricua farmers association on the ground in puerto rico that are connecting kind of local farmers to people in need um so you can make donations no matter where you live you can send in money and help to um to support make sure that people all over the world are able to um to be fed Heck yeah. And those are all good causes. And we can talk about food, you know, from our comfortable lives, but there are people out there who are seriously hungry and they might be in your community. They might be somewhere else. Uh, and it's, it's really important to be aware of that. Yeah. No matter where you are, schools are a great place to go. Um, lots of them will have uh, can drives, food drives, or ways that you can directly help people who are needy in your community. Yep. You might not think that there are people there, but you know, there are folks everywhere who could use a hand. Yep, absolutely. And remember listeners to stay creepy stay cool spirits was created by amanda mclaughlin julia shafini and eric schneider with music by kevin mcleod and visual design by allison wakeman keep up with all things creepy and cool by following us on twitter tumblr facebook and instagram at spirits podcast we also have all our episodes collaborations and guest appearances plus merch on our website spiritspodcast.com come on over to our patreon page patreon.com slash spirits podcast for all kinds of behind the scenes stuff Throw us as little as $1 and get access to audio extras, recipe cards, director's commentaries, and patron-only live streams. And hey, if you like the show, please share us with your friends. That is the best way to help us keep on growing. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time. Bye.